sensation out there, where do you begin? When your nipples start to leak, oh, is it time to feed again? When parenting is new and you don't know what to do, the food coach comes up with solutions that are just right for you. Welcome. Thanks for joining me today at the Boob Coach Podcast. Today's topic as part of my season one prenatal topics is trailblazers. And when you are the first one to breastfeed. My name is Rachel Gayfeller-Silber. I'm an IBCLC. I'm also known as the Boob Coach. And just up front, I am not sponsored by any products. I have no disclosures other than promoting myself, my social media, and my upcoming app, which will be called the Boob Coach app. So what is a trailblazer? Well, if you're the first person in your family, or maybe you're the first person at your employment, maybe you are the first person at the daycare provider that you're going to use for your child. If you are the first to breastfeed, you're a trailblazer. Now, I am speaking of this in part because I was one of the biggest trailblazers you've seen, and this is part of why I have come to do this work. I was literally the first person to return to work after having a baby and to pump in my workplace. I was the first person to kind of come through and, and bring a pump onto an airplane. And I was the first to express milk and bring that to my daycare. Now, my family, everybody was a breastfeeder, so I never had that particular experience. But even though breastfeeding has really had a major resurgence and become much more popular in the last um, 20 plus years, sometimes those battles still are um, being fought. So um, let's start out with family. Well, if you're the first person in your family to breastfeed, that definitely holds all kinds of challenges. Various members of your family, your mom, your sisters, your aunties, your grandma, they may see formula feeding and bottle feeding as basically almost like a family value and um, just, just a family legacy. And if you're rejecting that, they may perceive that to be as if you are just rejecting everything about about the family. So you may get some serious pushback. There may be advice, like anytime there's a problem, oh my gosh, your baby is cross-eyed. Well, maybe you should switch to formula. If you switch to formula, then your baby wouldn't be cross-eyed. You know, it, it could be the most ridiculous kinds of um, arguments in that way. But the advice that you may get at any single crossroads could be to switch to formula. And that can certainly be frustrating. And um, you may be defensive of that because if this is, if this is your choice to breastfeed, you, you want people to, to respect that. You may also get some very 
passive aggressive sorts of um, backhanded types of compliments. And that all being said, even if your family backs you up in your decision, they may not know how to adequately support you when you do have problems or just offering any advice because it's just all new territory for the family. But the thing is, is that you need to remember that you're not gonna do everything exactly the way that your parents did. You're not gonna do everything the way that your sister did it with her children or other family members with each, or even from baby to baby. Maybe you formula fed your older child and then with the new baby, you've decided that, you know, hey, I'm gonna give breastfeeding or breast pumping a try. So from baby to baby, from family member to family member, and generation to generation, nobody's going to do everything exactly the same, the same way. In that vein of thought process, also the knowledge base, the advice, the medical knowledge, all of these things change. So your family may have raised their children in an area in an era where breastfeeding just wasn't that common or maybe even in an area where breastfeeding wasn't that popular it is important to note that throughout the united states and throughout various parts of the world there are regional differences in breastfeeding rates so um, an example that comes to mind, I have a friend who um, he is of both Scottish as well as I believe Swedish descent. And he grew up with his mother having a lot of very Swedish ideas. And so when this gentleman um, married his first wife, she was Scottish and in Scotland, at that particular time and and Scotland does have a lower breastfeeding rate than other parts of the UK and some other parts of of the world um she was not interested in breastfeeding and and he was just very taken aback by that so um even with family members and and intimate partners there can be differences in in opinion about such things so sometimes it's just how you were raised and and that sort of thing it's important to remember that we all have moments where we're just adjusting to those new dynamics in child rearing. And we just, sometimes you just gotta figure things out on your own. And that's where the concept of family. I don't know if you've ever heard that term family, but it's kind of a combination of friends and family. A family, that is the family that you choose for yourself as opposed to who you were sort of just, just born to. So family can be very helpful in finding support. That could be friends um, in your, your peer group, people that maybe you work with, neighbors, or even um, online. It's important to find support from outside sources if you need support from outside sources. There are various online groups like on Facebook, um, TikTok. There's a lot of um, breastfeeding positive 
um, TikToks um, that are, are on there as well as like just hashtags. You could just look for hashtag breastfeeding support, things along those lines. There are also kind of more the traditional support groups, things like La Leche League or Breastfeeding USA, the Australian Breastfeeding Association. Um, I know that I'm drawing a blank on the name of it in in the UK. There's a like a breastfeeding mothers um, type support group in, within the UK. If you're here in the United States, there's WIC, which is Women, Infant, and Children. If you qualify for WIC, WIC has peer counselors um, as well as just support there within within the office. Okay, so let's say that you're not necessarily getting the support. Maybe you're getting a little bit of pushback from your family. It's really important for not only for you to set boundaries, but also to be very firm about them. Let your family know breastfeeding is important to you. This is a choice that you have made and it's important to you for whatever reason breastfeeding is important to you. That could be for things like antibodies. That could be for the the bonding aspect. It could be for so many different reasons. Your reasons are your reasons. Let them know why breastfeeding is important to you and that you love them and that you need and want their support. You may need to do things like limiting visits around feeding times just so you don't get any um, negative feedback. The reality is that we all make the choices, the best choices that we can with the information, support, and equipment that we have available. And that is something that you could say, hey, you know what? I realize that this is the choice that you made when you were raising me, but science has learned a lot about breast milk and everybody's kind of moving along. All right. So then sometimes the one of the questions that you may get is, well, how can I rando family member. How can I bond with the baby if I can't feed them with a bottle? Bonding is just a fancy scientific term for the process of falling in love and maintaining that loving connection. There are so many ways, so many things that anybody in the family can do to help bond with the baby that just do not involve feeding. This could be general, general care, holding, singing songs, giving massages, whatever. There are just reading a story. There are so many ways that you can fall in love and, and, and kind of have that circle where the baby is in love with you, you're in love with the baby and that bond is deepening and further um, developing that, that don't involve a bottle. It is your choice. You know, you may get somebody who says, well, you know, perhaps they're just really persistent that they want to be able to feed the baby by the bottle. Um, that is your choice. You do not have to pump milk for other people to feed your baby. Similarly, you don't have to allow others to formula feed your child if you're not comfortable with that. But pumping, that, that could be an accommodation if you are amenable to that. The key is you are the parent and you have the right to make that decision. 
So some people will, every time the baby cries, oh my gosh, you're, the baby just must be dying of hunger. It's your fault. You're, you're breastfeeding that kid. You're like just starving them to death. Crying is a form of communication. It's not necessarily a sign of hunger. You can review different feeding cues with the family, talk to them about um, some of the things that are unique to your baby that let you know when the baby is hungry. You can review those feeding routines and time frame expectations. Like, for example, let's say, you know, grandma comes over and um, it's one o'clock, and you can say, I just fed the baby at 12.30, so we should have until probably around 2.30 or so before this little one's even gonna be ready to, to feed again, just to kind of set, set that expectation. Unfortunately, you may get rude comments, and just respectfully but firmly shut that down. Um, I appreciate your support. I would like your support. You don't have to agree with my decision to breastfeed, but you need to respect it. Um, I'm the mother, and this is how I'm gonna be feeding the, my child. I am the father. I am backing up uh, my wife, my girlfriend, you know, whatever your relationship is. I'm the father, she is the mother. This is how we have chosen to feed the baby. and. Um, hopefully that should be the end of that argument, but it, it may kind of go on for a while. Okay, let's go into what about work. The first thing I'm gonna suggest is look into what your local, state, and federal laws um, are, are available to protect your rights to breastfeed and to pump in the workplace. Let your employer know when you're getting ready to go on maternity leave that this is your intention. You're gonna be returning to work, you're gonna be pumping that you're gonna to need to have pumping breaks and reasonable, emphasis on the word reasonable, reasonable accommodation. And also discuss with them how breastfed babies are much less likely to get sick. So, hey, that means that you're less likely to call out um, as, as, a new, as a new parent. All of that said, don't be afraid to involve your human resources department if you're not getting support from management or if you're getting harassment from colleagues. So hopefully this has been helpful for you. Um, I'm also going to just throw out like, what if the daycare um, daycare provider is, is not supportive? And I'm gonna tell you what happened with me. So as I, I mentioned 25, 26 years ago, when I had my first child, I was that first person to, when I was looking for daycares, um, who came to daycare with pumped milk. And the daycare provider had no clue what to do with my pumped milk. And so when I told them when I was interviewing that I was going to be bringing pumped milk and I, I heard this, um, oh, I don't know what to do with it. Uh, that's just going to be too much of a hassle for us. Um, we don't have the facilities to, to heat it up. I'm afraid of pumped milk, you know, whatever. Um, my response was, okay, that's fine. I can take my, at that point, it was $200 a week. I have no idea what childcare costs these days. I will take my $200 a week and I will find a childcare that will accommodate me. And guess what? I did. I was the first person to bring pumped milk and I had to teach them what to do with my pumped milk, how to heat it up. I was like, you know, you heat it up like you would heat up any other milk. 
You do not have to do anything special with my milk. It's all good to go in the bottle. And there we go. Um, you know, it's, it's really not that big of a deal. Um, in fact, if I didn't tell you that it was pumped milk, you probably wouldn't know. You might think it was just like some sort of fancy formula. Most daycares want to have milk already prepared in the bottle. They don't want that responsibility legally of um, mixing formulas and defrosting your milk, that sort of thing. And that's understandable, especially if there are multiple children that are there in the care. If they messed up and your child got sick, then you could sue them. And most of them just want it already pre-prepared and then there you go. So hopefully all of this is helpful. Hey, um, thank you so much for joining me today. I am on all of the socials, not all of them, most of them. I'm on TikTok, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, and I'm also on threads. Um, frankly, the most stuff that I'm putting out is on, on TikTok, but um, I am the boob coach pod on all of those. The boob coach pod, um, those are my socials. Hit me up. I'm thrilled to answer questions and interact with you. Thank you so much. Hey, remember any breast milk that you can provide for your baby is amazing. Breastfeeding and breast milk feeding, that is a superpower. So please join me for more breastfeeding related podcasts, episodes, and topics. Once again, hey, Hi, I'm Rachel Gayfeller Silber, IBCLC. That stands for International Board Certified Lactation Consultant. You can call me the boob coach. And you know what? It just all comes back to boobs. I love you. I love your babies. Let's talk again soon. Thanks so much. The boob coach. It all comes back to boobs. <laughs>